The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of diverseandengage.com. I am a DEI thought leader and a LinkedIn top voice, and I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, Dee. I'm Mita Malik, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, a business leader, a LinkedIn top voice, and most importantly, a mom. And Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces. From my perspective as a Black woman, and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. But then we provide you with the tips you need on not how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations wherever you are. All right. So Mita, tell them, tell us, what are we talking about on today's show? I say this every single time, and I know our audience is skeptical, but D and I save our conversations for you all. We do. We have sacrificed our friendship for Brown Table Talk, and we are happy to do that. So this I've been wanting to text you, and I didn't, but here we go. Why? are companies sending their employees to charm school? Seriously, why are companies sending their employees to charm school? Seriously, is this happening? Yes, it is. Let's get into it. We've got the tea. We have some stories to share and we've got tips at the end. My jaw is to the floor, okay? Because typically on our calls, if Mita texts me, this is just straight up girlfriend. She'll text me that and either I will respond or immediately call. No, most of them are audio text because she's busy on mom time in the evening. Cause it's always, it used to always be in the evening. Right. And then I'm like, go, go, go. What's the story? But sidebar. Your meme game is strong. So that's usually what I get. Yeah, back this this is true. This is true. <laughs> right. Deep reactions. Yeah. If you look at our stream. Okay. So let's go back. Where did I get this from? Did I make this up? Right, because that would have been my first question. That would be my first question. Who did it? No, friends. No. This is the Los Angeles Times, which I think is a very, oh, here we go. Dee's looking up. Reputable organization. We don't know how to behave in the office anymore, bosses say. The solution, charm school. So as my friend Lisa Hurley says, we give credit in these parts. So it is the Los Angeles Times. I'm going to do a little reading for you all. You're going to find this interesting, Dee. You walk into the office kitchen to heat up your lunch and are greeted by a mess. Your coworker, Bridget, has left the communal area in disarray again. You're frustrated. Where do you go from here? This is a hypothetical situation, one used frequently by a business etiquette trainer. It goes on and on. But workers, D, throughout the U.S. are dealing with their own Bridgets every day or are one. Oh, that's funny that you could be a Bridget. Okay, as companies increasingly recall workers to the office, employees and managers alike are finding that the pandemic made us a little rusty with in-person conduct. Coworkers are too loud at their desks. People are on their phones during meetings. Shaking hands is no longer a given. Small talk at networking events is 
awkward. Okay, I'm going to end by saying this. This is where I love D. I wish you all could be watching D's face as I'm as I'm narrating narrating the Los Angeles Times to her. More than six in ten companies will send their employees to office etiquette classes by 2024, according to a survey by ResumeBuilder.com. Oh, D, I need to take a sip of my tea, literally. So first. This started off messy kitchen. So my first reaction, I'm going to talk about, okay, first, this is about a messy kitchen. Okay. Second, not the stats. Oh, is sis pulling receipts? Oh, we have receipts, statistics, six and 10, or is that the projected? A uh, number three, who wrote the story? Who's the source? Who's the source? Los Angeles Times, D. Wait, you know this. Okay. But you would know this, friend. You know this, you contribute, you get asked for a quote or you get asked for insight. So I know it's the LA Times, but I'm curious as to who was the source. Who did they interview? Who did they go to, friend? Come on now. I'm going to tell you this and then we'll get into it because thank you for being at the Brown Table Talk. Dee and I are on a mission to serve women of color and welcome to allies who are here today. I don't have the privilege to be a Bridget do you think, D, if I made a mess with my coffee, my bagel, my Caesar salad, and left it everywhere, you don't think that HR would call me immediately? You don't think that people would put me on watch? And listen, that is the lens we bring. D's lens is a Black woman. My lens is a South Asian woman. So, I mean, what? Listen, I'm the type of person I was telling my friend the other day. I'm in a nice office, and I see water spots on a nice table. I go and wipe them. Even if it's not mine, I'm like, oh God, respect the wood. But you really shouldn't be, friend. Like, so sidebar, everybody close your ears. Now I'm going to talk to my friend. Friend, let me remind you of who you are. Baby, you a boss, okay? You're C-suite. Do not wipe these stains. I need you to let those- No, I don't, but I'm like, if I'm sitting somewhere at a table and it's nice and I'm like, someone has left a mess. Well, you know what? That's the mom in you. That's, That's totally, the mom. It's just it's like that. I'm like, you know, no, I'm not going around the office and cleaning stuff. But if I'm sitting at a table and someone's left a mess, I'm like, what the, you know, just get the Starbucks napkin and. Okay, let's go back. Let's get back so to the Bridget, story. Okay, let's also go back to now we're calling names. Oh, it's a Bridget. Okay, we got a Bridget. Okay, so now there's a name. There's a name. Because see, you know where I'm going with this. I'm suspect of the story. And not that I'm suspect of the LA Times, just the narrative and the frame and the story. This source. is why I love it. I love, as you would say, some of these stories aren't for us, but I love these trends in the marketplace that we get to talk about together. That's why I knew you ha- you would have an opinion, my friend. Yes, yes. Because again, those four or five things just strike me. The kitchen and now it's the kitchen. And you're right. We would get a mark on the board in the negative or a file, a tickler in our file about decorum. If it was me, black woman, a decorum and her presence and her ability to manage the workspace because I left the coffee stain on the, so now you got to send me the etiquette and, and furthermore, and now I'm talking with my hands. And so God forbid, I now tell this story talking with my hands. So, but then there's the naming, the Bridget. I feel like there's a theme here of... Because it says you've either worked for a Bridget or you are a Bridget. I was like, oh, bold. Okay. They, you know, after this, of course, I want to see the writer of this the article. And I'm just curious about the sources because they also had stats. They came with receipts. They did. They did. And it's, it's quite a long article. I won't narrate the rest, but you all can look it up and I'll send it to you as well, D. Okay. Let's level set here and then go in deeper. You're right. We don't have the luxury of this. We have, I think, so many other things 
working against us that this just becomes something to sort of call out. But here's what I like, and I'm going to give it back to you. We do like the insight. We like what is going on inside the walls of corporate America, of business in America. We like it. And so, hey, is this a trend? Yes, let's hear about it. In fact, if you're listening, well, you are listening. And because you are and you're on LinkedIn, listen, come on over to LinkedIn and chat with us. Hey, LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you. So Mita, yeah, let's talk about this. I'm going to back up and say, I don't even think they'd send me to etiquette school. I wouldn't have that privilege. I don't know if they would. How does that even go down? Like, I mean, I don't know who's being sent to etiquette school, but also like, here's the thing. This is a a place of business. You're like leaving your cereal bowl in there and making a mess with the milk and the the granola, all the fancy snacks at these companies. Like you think someone else is going to pick it up? Who's going to clean it? But even in that article, it was really interesting that like nobody's actually going to go and tell Bridget to clean it up. They're probably going to call HR or talk about her behind her back. That's usually what happens. You think somebody's going to actually go tell Bridget to clean her mess up in the kitchen? Well, here's what I think I've seen and heard with like our clients. Because I will say that this has happened, but not to the extent of etiquette school, of either, you know, clean up behind yourself in the kitchen, there's an email, there's a note, or there's a note plastered on the door or something, just pick up after yourself. There's a couple, you know, a couple of rounds of that. And then there's the removal, the threat to remove privileges if, you know, you just can't clean You don't up. get free granola anymore. You don't get free granola. But here's the opposite side. Opposite side is, hey, employer, do y'all have a cleaning team here? Because I'm working. I'm busy working on your stuff. No, they cut that. They cut the cleaning team. You didn't get the memo. That was part of the budget cuts. Okay. And now you want me to do, let me get this straight. You want me to do my job, but then you also want me to clean up. And now you want me in back in the office. So now I've got to come here and clean. I got to clean at home and now I have to clean here. And now I can't even have my little granola snack. You know, it's all a scam. It's a scam, sham, scam. Okay, let's come back. So then what's happening? Nobody is going to tell Bridget to go clean up. So then what happens? HR hires an external firm to send me, Bridget, to to etiquette school. That's what's happening. Do you think is HR sending me a solo Bridget or bringing in a team? No, it sounds like there's groups of people. It sounds like they're doing cohorts. I don't think it would be cost effective, D, to send just you. (laughs) Probably. And I think maybe you're going to be in for a lawsuit. Send me to decor. Send me to school. Send, try it. That's what I'm interested in. So the articles, you know, there's some vague parts of it, but it's also interesting. If people are in client-facing roles, how do you behave, right? All of these things. Here's what I love about this though. Because you know what? Let me just say this. In everything and all things, I love, and this is probably more from my faith, is you find the good and the great. And in business, in the work that we do, we give it a pass. A pass is positive asset search, right? We look for the positive in this. I like that there's a resource to support people in something. Maybe it's just the angle and the come from is what what's the thing. So you just find the positive. So for leaders, people leaders, 
and allies who were thinking about it. And then you hear us go over the tangent and like, wait, hold up. We better not do that. No, I think there's the positive is that you're investing in your people. I just think the edit here or the question in the conversation is the come from and not singling out, like a habit be part of a development, part of that. Y'all like, y'all love to talk about this executive presence and gravitas and all of that. So, you know, and that's some of the work that we do. That's, so I That is what's it. making me uncomfortable, D, is what is etiquette school? Who defines it? There's an image of a woman, and I don't know how she identifies in the article, and she's sipping soup. So I'm like, hmm. So I don't know, right? So there's the piece of, we have to go back to the office now. People don't know how to act. How are people going to act accordingly? But then the etiquette school feels like it's just too far, especially in a climate where we know where budgets are cut, budgets are tight, layoffs are happening. And you know what I'm uncomfortable with? This is what you just unpacked for me. It's the phrase etiquette. It's executive presence. It's the coded language. What does etiquette mean? Because I will share a story. Growing up, and to this day, my mom eats with her hands. It is culturally, when born and raised in India, my parents, like you eat with your hands and it is an art form. It's an art form when people eat with their hands. If you watch someone eating with their hands and the intricacy of it, that is not something that is per etiquette of Western culture. So it goes back to the professional standards and who's setting it. I'm not saying that people should leave a mess in the kitchen. Of course not, right? But I'm also saying, what are we teaching in an etiquette school? I find that fascinating. What are, what's appropriate in corporate, like how to show up, how to act? It goes back to the things we talk about here. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. I love the point you make about culture. So there's a very well-known CMO. Just a couple of days ago, she shared online. She's back home on the continent in Africa, West Africa. And same thing, she eats with her hands. But like, I mean, she's C-suite, board level on the U.S. side. So... But she's literally in her home country eating with her hands to your point about your mom and culturally. So then this etiquette here, here in the U.S. is, yeah, I don't know, the culture. This is such um, an interesting thing, but I'm still skeptical about how much of a trend this really is because of the point that you made. So you mean to tell me with layoffs and cutbacks? Is this something going to happen? Six out of 10 companies sending their... Six out of 10. I suspect, and I mean no disregard, that this is sounds like sales. It sounds like framing 
a need or a value add. But again, I could argue or defend both sides. I could say this sounds like selling, but I could really defend that. No, employees, talent, we need to invest in talent. We need to, whatever it is. Now, again, the frame is probably not, is definitely not right, but it is a such thing. In fact, my girlfriend and I, we've talked about this before, or maybe, yeah, I think we've also had this conversation about this was probably in financial services, let's say interview for a very high level role, person is interviewing for a very high level role and they have as part of that process, the interview process or the final process to meet in the executive suite of the corporation, said corporation, which is the fine dining, right? It's like the 10 course and the person comes to the table and doesn't know how to use or which utensil, and they pulled the deal. They pulled, this was in financial services. They pulled the deal. And so at that level, you could be, have the core competency. So respectfully, right? Let's respect all of our colleagues. Let's call our our community, our colleagues, our coworkers here, women of color and allies, right? We're respecting everyone. You could be really genius and brilliant in your, your core competency. And you know, you know your stuff. But there's some things that are outside of it. And so for that person, Upskilling. they pulled the deal because, but you know what that is? That was not core competency. That was the professional development. So let's go back to etiquette. It's probably more professional development. You just reminded me, I was at one job once where back to budget cuts, we didn't have a cleaning staff. They wouldn't pay for it. So we were having to unload and reload the dishwasher. I was like, I got to do this at home. Now I got to do this at work. No, I didn't stay there long, but I was like, what what is going on? But let's go back to what's happening in the office about behaviors. What do you think about that? I was reading another article saying that the open office seating is dying a slow death because what's happening is companies are now having to bring in pods because people don't want to be distracted sitting in an open office setting. Somebody's being loud on the phone. Somebody is chomping on their gum. I don't know, music's too loud coming out of the the AirPods, right? So very interesting to think about the in-office dynamics and how people are adjusting or not adjusting. Now I do, I can see that is a thing and a need to address, meaning how we are now on the other side of the pandemic, right? We're four years, three, four years out. And I could see how the workplace and work culture has changed. And so respect for differences and space, I could see that that is a need and why, because I think right after the pandemic, maybe a year or two, we were getting a lot of, or I would say a fair amount of business in terms of transition, workplace culture and transition, more like engagement. And so definitely the dynamics had changed and even the population had somewhat shifted a bit, right? Because that's a chunk of time. And so I could see that. And then I think it's also, it's the policing of people and some other external factors, I think, that are on one side encouraging people to push the push the envelope, like to push all the buttons, like I'm going to just do and be me. I think there's some of that. I think there's some generational things. So again, we're here in an open space. I'm coming in with 
my speaker on and you're on a call speaker because I forgot my earbuds or whatever, or even let's say I'm not on speaker, but the person on the other end is really loud. Maybe I've come in, you know, fragrance is a big, is used to be an etiquette thing to not wear a fragrance in a private space. And so scents and smells or not showering is, you know, in some cultures and or just because it's just all kinds of things I think that have come with the tension between generations of if you are boomer, perhaps, or even mature X versus Gen Z and millennial. It's just ways are different. And so ways of being is very different. And I, I could definitely see open pod or this, open. This is, this is too much. It's too much for me. Cause now I got to think about, did I put on too much perfume? Is the volume too loud? Where are the earbuds? Am I munching the granola? Did I spill the milk? What's, I mean, come on. you know what? I feel bad. Managers, it is tough right now for managers because I'm supposed to be upskilling on coaching through mistakes, upskilling on expertise and leadership capabilities. And I got to give Dee feedback on the granola mess she left in the kitchen. I mean, whose job is it then? I'm just like, people, can you act accordingly? But I, that's how I kind of come back to like, just clean up after yourselves. But I guess some people aren't. Yeah. And I think with, again, the generational thing, Gen X Boomer would probably say more training home. They call it home training, respect for yourself and others. And so versus I feel like others are more free millennial Gen Z. And I'm not speaking for all. I'm not, I know it's a broad statement, but I do, you know what? This is home training. This is what my mama and my grandmother are going to say. <laughs> I was just training. about to say that. They, they gonna, this, this is what they're going to say. They're going to say, look, this is what my grandmother would say. If Bridget didn't clean up in the kitchen, Bridget's house is funky. Bridget's house is a mess. <laughs> That's what she's going to say. She has no home training. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? This is basic. But I do think it's beyond that. It is, again, it's, it, it's EQ. It's respect for differences. And that's the training. Let me tell you what's happening in my home right now. I said to my daughter the other day, if you don't put your dish away into the sink, you don't eat your next meal. Let's go. Clean up after yourself. How many times am I going to? I'm not. This isn't a restaurant. Mom will serve the meal. And she was like, hmm. She was processing. She knew I wasn't joking. You, you're not like, come on, let's, but this is, you're right. It's like, it starts at home. So there's so much pressure on employers, which you'll, you know, some people are probably laughing. Oh, here's me defending the large company. I'm not, but I'm like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on employers and managers right now because of everything we've experienced in the last four years. So you're not, oof, it's tough. And to that point, I'm going to say, some of this is not the manager's responsibility. I'm going to say this is the company. It, I agree with you. I agree with you. If there is no defined culture, SOPs in terms of ways of being and how we operate around here, then it's it shouldn't be on the manager. It really shouldn't. Because it is awkward. It's It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. But it's also risky. Now, in a previous episode, you probably heard me say, no, it's a manager's responsibility. And if they can't have uh, critical conversations, no, that's conversation about competency and performance. But if I got to have a conversation, with, right, about granola, like, you know what? I, first of all, I'm not having that conversation. That's too much. I'm not doing that. But you know what? Here's the thing, D. Here's what I feel like, oh, I'll go back to Bridget. 
Bridget's making a mess. She was loud. Meetings are, volume's really loud on her meeting. She forgets her airbeds. All this stuff is happening. And then people start gossiping about Bridget. And that hurts my heart. Who's going to give her that feedback? We're all going to sit around and just talk about the fact that Bridget's causing a ruckus in the office. That's what I also have a hard time with. And so sometimes, because this is who we are, we try to be brave and bold. I might be the person to do it. I might take it upon myself to think about how I could talk to her with kindness, because that's what starts to upset me is the narrative in the office that starts around this person who unintentionally might be doing these things because no one wants to actually talk to them and deal with them. What about Bob? Why does it have to be Bridget? I'm just thinking about this because Bob is the one, Bob is the one leaving his dishes in that sink. You're right. We're going to call Bob. Why'd why'd you name her Bridget? Right. Why does it have to be Bridget? Or Bo? It's got to be Bo. It's Bo is leaving his dishes. And I guarantee you that the bathroom, the restroom is a mess because Bo, and I guarantee you, you know what? Let me stop here because it's not going to be fair. But let's just have it be Bo Bridget. Bridget Bridget Bo. Bo left his dishes. And Bo is the one taking up a lot of space in the community space. So he doesn't know etiquette in terms of just managing. Because we're talking about it all. We're not just talking about the kitchen or scaling this down to coffee on the counter or spills on the counter. But it is really about behavior and the way that you move in the office, right? Before we move to tips, and I don't even know what tips I have except wash your bowl and put it in the put it put it in the dishwasher, friends. But when you're at work and at home, please. But here's what I think is really interesting because I'm sure some people are listening and saying, you know why Bo behaves this way? Because Bo just graduated from college during the pandemic. He doesn't have role models. He needs to be in the office. We all do, so we can be watching each other on how we behave. You know, there's that narrative, right? And you're saying, no, no, these are behaviors that actually start at home. Like I talk about with my daughter, joking, not joking. Hey, you clear the table, right? We're all going to help clear the table. And if you don't, you're not going to have your next meal. So, but I know there are people listening who are saying, well, that's why we should all be back in the office. Because the reason why people don't know how to behave is because they haven't been working in an office for so long. No, (laughs) no. I'm just going to say no is my final answer. (laughs) No, no, or no. No. Let's go to tips so we can get on with it. Because you know what? I think, listen, I'm going to wrap this with, it's the company's responsibility to set the tone, the culture, and the posture, the standards, right? So let's take the weight off of the managers. It's responsibility of the talent. When you get the job, to show up as if you want to keep the job and advance in the job. Just show up respectfully and respect the space, Right but it shouldn't be on the managers. It's, it's not just Bridget, it's Bo. And it's not etiquette. It's really professional development outside of the basics of understanding. All right, Dee, well, here we are at the end of our episode. Why are companies sending their employees to charm school, really? This was a, a hot topic. So let's do our tips. Dee, I'm going to hand it over to you, friend, for one and two. I say, number one, let's just redefine etiquette. It's really professional development. That's it. So kudos to all leaders who are advocating for some form of training. But if it's etiquette training, just redefine it and keep doing what you're doing, but redefine and support the professional development. Tip number two, this is about EQ. 
And that is manage yourself and the space that you're in. I'll say it again. Tip number two, manage yourself and the space that you're in. It's EQ, as simple as that, emotional intelligence. And over to you, Mita, for tip number three. Number three, friends, enjoy that free granola. Wash the bowl and put it in the dishwasher. (laughs) At work and at home. Thank you all for being here. We love you so much. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with someone who needs it today. Review, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com. dot